Hello and welcome back to the Florida Hockey Podcast. Justin Medford joined by Jacob Barker this week from Dauber Prospects. And basketball season won't be around forever, so get in on all the action now with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. DraftKings is giving new players a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Claim your free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes when using promo code THPN during sign-up. Playing daily fantasy basketball is simple, Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Feel the sweat like never before. Every dunk, steal, and assist means so much more with a DraftKings Daily Fantasy lineup on the line. And baseball fans, you may have missed out on season-long fantasy, so now is the time to get in on all the Daily Fantasy action where DraftKings has even more ways to make it rain. With DraftKings, payday comes every day for players, so what are you waiting for? Head to the app now. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN during sign-up. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with the free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. That's code THPN, and you can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Barker, how's it going? Oh, I'm doing great. How are you, Justin? Oh, well... I, like, I want to say good, but, like, I don't know. Like, I, you know, I didn't buy any batteries for my car. So, like, you know, and some other stuff going on. So, I would say, like, I'm doing okay, I guess. Yeah, that's know? fair. I mean, like, all things considered, it's great considering the ongoing global pandemic that we're in. Yeah, like, it's <laughs> – yeah, I guess. Like, just, just kind of chilling. <laughs> um, you know, still kind of moving stuff into the new place. We actually live together now, which is kind of fun. All the viewers will be amped. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So much easier to get you on the pod now. Uh, without a doubt. Maybe we slowly phase out Noah. We'll see. Don't tell him. <laughs> Slow decline in Noah appearances before it's just the Justin and Jacob podcast. Yeah, I know. I get I get a lot of like DMs and complaints about you know him because you know he's French and mm-hmm. but yeah. No. Yeah, we'll just we'll slowly phase him out. Yeah. And then and then slowly phase in you and maybe Jared Shea. Yeah, I assume Jared's hopping on at the end of this podcast too, right? Yeah, he might. He might hop on. We'll see. You know, okay. guys, been dodging my texts, but we'll we'll see where we get to. But you know, if we don't, I mean, there's lots to talk about this week, as there is pretty much every week. Um, but the main thing this week around the NHL, Tom Wilson incident. Uh, curious to know your thoughts on the entire thing, both the actual incident from the game and then the NHL's punishment and then the fun little twist at the end where we got that statement from the New York Rangers. Yeah, well, that was a really entertaining series of events, I guess, over the, like, 24 hours that this all happened. Um, Tom Tom Wilson, like, the scrum was real. I, I only watched it a couple times, so I haven't, like, analyzed it super, super tough. But, like, for me, guy's a repeat offender. It was an obvious cheap shot, like threw the guy down by his hair. And like, it, it was not a good look on Tom Wilson. And this guy's done it before numerous times. That's the part that was like the only dish out, like there's no suspension on that. And like, I, I just don't see how it's possible. Like, I know we got like the most, like the maximum allowable fine under the CBA, like the five Same. grand, but like, okay. Like there's five grand out of his pocket that he'll gladly pay. And then, like, yeah. there's nothing. Like, he's, he's in the lineup tonight against the Rangers again. <laughs> like, Which is going to be a gong show. That is going to be disastrous. Uh, the Caps tweet that night was definitely choosing violence. Um, <laughs> Not that, great. That was 
a violent tweet <laughs> going back. I was like, oh, wow, that that took some balls to tweet that one. I was like, OK, uh, that started something. Yeah, I was like, then, that's 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 one way to go about it. Yeah. Like and then um, um, what else do they do? They uh, oh, and then the Rangers statement just going right for George Peros, like directly at him. So Tom, in, in conclusion, Tom Wilson is now starting like an internal war in the NHL where like everyone's turning on each other. So we'll see what happens in the next like 24 to 48 hours. I doubt anything happens with George Peros, but. Yeah, you doubt it because it's the NHL. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, like here's the thing, like with the Rangers, like I, I care like almost not, like I don't care about the Rangers at all, but for the most part this year, like they haven't been like super good on the ice, but they've been very entertaining off of it like lots of stuff going on so credit to them um the whole incident like like you said like and you know a, a lot of people were pointing out like oh like what about this scrum or like there was last night there was you know Crosby wrestling with Konechny and it's like okay like I don't love that either like <laughs> like I don't think that's a great play either like you, you should there should be something there too like but with with Tom Wilson like that guy doesn't deserve the benefit of the doubt at all. No, not at all. Not right. at this point after everything he's been doing. Yeah. And it's like, like, it's, it's just, it's not a hockey play at all. Right. Like, and you know, like people are like, Oh, you know, they took, you know, a jab, you know, when the puck was covered and it's like, that happens literally every time the puck is covered. And you, you know, guys don't get ragged all the round and get punched while they're on the ground every time. Like, yeah, it usually doesn't result in a suspendable offense every single time. <laughs> it usually just results in a couple pushes and it's done. Yeah. And it was also interesting to see a lot of like former NHL enforcers coming out and saying, like, yeah, this is over the line. Like, it's like yeah. if guys like Sean Avery and John Scott are, are saying, you crossed a line here. Like, that's not a great sign. Like, <laughs> Sean Avery is saying that. Like, I know Avery's got the Rangers bias, obviously, but still, like, there's no way that if a guy like Sean Avery, who's notorious for his dirty play in the NHL, like, comes out and says, no, nah, it's too much, like, that's when you know that a $5,000 fine is probably not going to cut it for that play. Yeah, like, and the thing for me, too, is, like, because Tom Wilson has been spended, suspended a bunch and, you know, for, for obvious reasons. But, like, there's certain plays where it's, like, it's just dirty. It's an intent to injure. And then there's certain plays where it's, like, because hockey's a fast game. Sometimes you arrive a little late or a guy kind of mm. adjusts right as you're coming in and you catch him too high. Like, there, there are plays like that where you're not trying to hurt a guy, but you just catch him the wrong way. And, you know, it's still a dirty play. You still get suspended for it but the intent's not there, but like a play like last night, like that is just intent to injure a guy. Exactly. Right. Like there was like, what else was he doing there? Except like he was not like trying to defend his goalie. It wasn't no. like get out of his crease. It was no, I'm going to throw you down to the ground and try to injure you. Like, yeah. And pull you down with hair, like against a guy you probably have, you know, a hundred pounds on mm -hmm. like just ridiculous so uh, I was I was shocked that it was only a fine. Him flexing in the penalty box too. Bad look. That was a really bad look for them. Shows that he's just like he just doesn't care what anyone thinks. Like it's quite <laughs> evident there. But bad look for sure. Yeah, that's a bad look for him. And then the fine was just a bad look for the Department of Player Safety. Yeah. Remember when Naz like I hate using Maple Leafs uh, logic again, like against other teams, because I hate the Maple Leafs. But remember when Nazem Kadri got suspended for an entire playoff series for cross-checking a guy? Yeah. And then Tom Wilson gets a fine for this. Like, that's insane. Like, Crosby's or Kadri's cross-check, yeah, probably deserved a suspension. But if that deserves a suspension, then Wilson's has got to be at least at an equal. Yeah, like he was already suspended seven games this season mm -hmm. for not a great play on, on Brandon Carlo. Oh, like it just – like what are you doing? Like – and clearly, like you see him like flexing in the penalty box. Like that is clearly a guy who has not shown any remorse or learned anything no. 
from any of the suspensions in any of the plays. No, he does not care. No, so I was I was shocked that there wasn't some serious punishment. But then I absolutely loved the Rangers statement. Oh, what a great statement out there, though. Yeah. Coming like, right, just not taking any of it, not having it at all. Yeah, like, you, you don't see that a lot with, with the teams and, and their social media accounts. And the Rangers basically just said, like, oh, fuck it. We'll take the fine. We're, we're going for it. And well, I like, think, Yeah, you think about, like, what if you're playing for the organization, like a guy like Panarin who's now done for the season. I guess there's four games left, but, like, Still, like, he, he misses out on the final few games of the season because of it. Like, that's a good – like, I'm feeling good about the organization I play for at that point when you're like, okay, they, they literally are like, no, nah, we're standing up for our players. Like, that's not an acceptable response for us. Like, that's that's always nice to see. Yeah, and, to, and, to, and the call for, for George Perros resignation by name, like, that's – no, I, I, I love it. <laughs> I, I think it's jokes. I think they yeah. – yeah, they are – Doing a yeah, they they really stood up for what they believed in that case and what a lot of hockey fans are looking for right now. And we'll see if the NHL does anything or if they just kind of. I get a feeling they're just going to kind of let this just go through and just kind of play out, and then the, they won't do anything. Tonight's game will be a disaster, and then we'll have some. Yeah, like I feel so bad for the officials tonight. It's going to be bad. They're they're going to have the linesmen are going to get their gonna have their work cut out for them trying to break up stuff in front of the net they're gonna watch them like early on in the game i know their job is to like skate pretty quickly into the crease they're going to be flying into the crease tonight both linesmen at least like 10 kilometers skated tonight yeah they're gonna be yeah yeah i, I know you're tracking if you're tracking that game can you track the linesmen uh skating no but <laughs> i'll just watch it <laughs> rough estimate it but yeah, like my guess is that they're just gonna be like on top of it right from the start. Who do you think is gonna fight Tom Wilson tonight? Because at least one Ranger will do it. Okay, so let me check the lineup because there's a couple guys I'm thinking of. Like I, it depends on who they play. Um, I would love it to be like Ryan Strom because you know he was very vocal in his media availability, but I just don't know if Ryan Strom sh- you shouldn't do it <laughs> like. No, it's a bad idea. Oh, you know, you know what to do. You assert yourself, put yourself right in every veteran's good book. Vitaly craps off. (laughs) He's got some good eyes too. No, I'm I'm just playing. That'd be bad. But well, it wouldn't be great for like. Okay, realistically, like I'm looking at the lineup, right? And like, there's we should make our picks now of who goes after Tom Wilson. Oh, an ad's playing. Hold on. I pulled up the lines on my phone. Um, so realistically, like your three big candidates, maybe four, probably Brendan Smith, Kevin Rooney, Julian Gauthier, Colin Blackwell, and then like you know maybe if a kid gets involved, it's probably Condre Miller, right? Yeah, you know, big strong kid. Um, you think, so, you think we, someone of the leadership staff goes at like like a Jacob Truba? He's out. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Of course, yeah. Troops was there. I, I would yeah. give him my pick. Um, yeah, Brendan Smith would make sense. Is that who you're going with? Yeah, I'm, I think I'm going to go Brendan Smith. Okay, I'm going to go off the board here. All right, and this might be a spicy one, but I'm going to say he takes a shot in the chops from Alexander Gorgiev. Oh. He goes blocker to the face. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gorgiev could too. Eh? Yeah, man, I'm, I, I I like it. You know, fe- the, fellow Russian, the- right? But then the issue is that Gorgiev's not a big guy by any means. So it's I can like- see in turn Todd Wilson jumping Gorgiev, and then it turning into like an absolutely massive deal. Like we'd have a line brawl at that point. Yeah, because then immediately the D's coming in, right? And then, but. Yeah, it's it's gonna be nuts. I think you know for, for the officials, like they gotta be on top of it, like right out of the gate. They can't let anything, anything happen. Mm-hmm. No, this it's, is a this will be a dangerous one tonight for yeah. a lot of players. This is where you really see if Alexi Lafreniere is NHL ready. Can he handle? Can he handle the physicality of a rivalry game? Well, like, it's like, man, like, does it like does, does he enter the Calder conversation? <laughs> 
if he scraps Tom Wilson within the first five minutes, does he re-enter the Calder conversation? That's like, does it does it come down to like Kim Carrill and like Jason Robertson? Like, is that does he automatically pass Tim Stutzla for the Calder if he goes and fights Tom Wilson within the first five minutes of the game? <laughs> like, you have to ask the question. If this was two thousand four, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. Today, I think you know. I think I might bump him up a slot. You know. No, this is 2004. Tim Stutz is not getting taken in the first three rounds of the draft, so he wouldn't even be over here. Yeah, and everyone would be defending Tom Wilson. And yeah, oh, there's a decent amount of people still defending Tom Wilson. Uh, Capitals Twitter is really having a tough look right now. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's really fun though because like there's a lot of stuff that happens in the NHL where you know people seem to agree and there's a lot of bitterness between fan bases, but it's nice to see that pretty much every fan base is, is just gone after the Capitals and Tom Wilson. Like, that's nice. Oh, it's great to see, you know, like you yeah. always like to have a little unity throughout the, throughout the team, right? Like whatever you can do. Yeah. And, and it just seems like anytime like something this happens, it's always Tom Wilson that's doing it. Oh yeah. Like it's stupid, but yeah, you know, that's that's the kind of guy he is, and that's yeah. No, I'm not a fan. Not a fan of that at all. No, like why? Like just just be good at hockey without doing that shit. <laughs> you can be a power forward and not fight every single person on the ice illegally. Yeah. You can't. Like, like I get like you don't want to like you know you you want to get close to that line without crossing it. But he just seems to always cross. Like, what are you doing? Always crossing it. Like, so stupid. But whatever. Whatever. We'll see what happens. We'll happens. Uh, and now let's get to some some good old Panthers talk here. Uh, big win the other day over Dallas. Uh, Sam Bennett out day to day. That's a big loss because he has just been buzzing since he got the Florida. Uh, but I don't, I don't know if you saw the game or not. Or I, it was a solid, I, I saw the highlights afterwards. It was a solid game, entertaining for sure. Like the blow, like going into the third up two is not fantastic to have to go to overtime. Like that little, just a little spurt at the beginning of the third. Yeah. Uh, didn't, didn't help in that case. But you know, like when you're going up against Joel Kivaranta, like what just is what absolute horse think, out there? Yeah. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen? Right. And then my boy Barkov finishes it off in OT. I, yeah. I have Huberto on my fantasy team, so I was hoping it would be him. But, you know, when Barkov's out there doing his thing, finishing it off for the boys, you know, like, it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, the only Panthers – I had Huberto on my fantasy team. I traded him. The only mm-hmm. Panthers player I have is, is Mackenzie Weger. Oh, and he got an apple too, I believe. Yeah, like, that's the thing. Like, he, he had a good game. And, you know, he's been unbelievable with that blood out. Right, like he's just been fantastic, mm-hmm. but he did score an own goal, which isn't great, mm. you know, where he kind of just whips it by Spencer Knight, who is remains undefeated in the NHL. Four wins, guy doesn't lose. Uh, so like overall, like it was, it was fine game from the Panthers. Like, have they played better? Probably have they played worse? Maybe I don't like, and with Sam Bennett out, like he's just kind of transformed the team. But the one guy for me that I really loved watching out there was Grigori Denisenko, who he's only played, it's only a sixth NHL game. He's got four apples. So early indications are he's a disher. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, uh, yeah, guy's been solid. Like this is his first year as a North American pro, like after coming over from the K. I had never been like crazy high on him before. Like he had always been like pretty good, but you know, like I always wondered what, how, how much he could contribute in the NHL, but then he came over has been really good in the AHL so far with Syracuse. And I was like, yeah, it's solid, like producing both ends. And he came up with Florida and it's been legit. Like give him, you give him the right opportunities. This guy can dish it. This guy can play in transition. Like you kind of, he fits the Florida system well. So I'm I'm hoping that he can continue going, especially at the playoffs right around the corner. If he can have a nice big impact in his rookie season, it'd be fantastic. Yeah, like he's one of those guys where it's like you kind of watch him and it's like he's he's got good skill, 
but he's like an okay skater and he's like relatively small. Like I think he's like 5'11", 170, right? Not the biggest guy out there, right? Mm-hmm. And I was kind of like, it's kind of hard too because Russian players and you don't, you don't see them a whole lot really. Mm-hmm. And then when you do, it's kind of hard to gauge what their, you know, potential might be. Uh, yeah. The one thing that's really impressed me with him was he's been relatively physical too uh, in the recent games. Like he's throwing the body around, uh, which you love to see from not the biggest guy out there. And I think the well-roundedness really just fits the Panther system because that pretty much is what most of their players are. Yeah, yeah like, like, there's no – like you, you guys have a really deep – team in terms of just the system of play like obviously like guys like Huberto and Barkov will steal a little bit of the spot like they're the best best players so they they're able to kind of excel in the system a little bit better than others will but in terms of just overall throughout the lineup like you got tons of guys that can skate you got tons tons of guys that are able to make the plays and transition both offense and defensively and like guys yeah guys like Dennis Hanko like you you do love to see a little bit of the body as well I think the, the NHL, like we, we always say like, oh, like the NHL isn't as physical as it was like 10, 20 years ago and stuff, which is true, but there is still a very like physical element to the game in the NHL that people still don't quite uh, recognize. Like you watch guys that are like fresh into the NHL come in, like you watch Tim Stutzla and you're like this, like he's a good player. You see the signs, but you can tell that he is just like physically not at the level that is required of the NHL. Like when you like people using the body, knocking them off the puck all the time, just plays like finishing plays off on the boards, like and run. It's, it's, it's not as dirty, but there's still a very physical element of the game that people definitely underestimate. So being able, like a guy like Dennis Sanko to being able to do it is, is really impressive at this age. Yeah. That's a good point. Like I think, yeah. Like, cause you don't see the same kind of like big, like open ice hits. So people are like, Oh, it's less physical, but like, board battles, leaning on guys. Like, that stuff wears players down, and that's, like, what a lot of young players struggle with coming into the league. Like, that's one of the big difference makers. Probably that and the pace of play mm-hmm. are the two biggest, you know, hurdles for young players. I like what I've seen from Dennis Sango so far. Uh, and just playing, like, the Panthers' systems are so strong right now where it just seems like it doesn't matter who's out there or where you're playing or what your lines are, like, you're going to get similar results. Like obviously your top guys like Barkham and Huberto are going to put up, you know, the numbers they're putting up because they're just that good. But there's a reason you get good performances from a lot of guys who, you know, don't have a history of being those types of players. Like Alex Wenberg's been very, very good this year and slotting him in on the third line now, I think is more suited to, to his abilities. The young guys like Denisenko and Tippett have come in and been, very very uh good for the team mm-hmm. and you know we talked to like i was talking though like early in the year like we were, you know panthers they got the, off to a great start right mm-hmm. and they, they looked really good at the start of the year and they've just gotten so much better and so much deeper as the years like has gone on uh and which has been a ton of fun and especially with the, the loss of aaron ekblad like they, they lost their number one defenseman and didn't slide in the standings at all. Mm-hmm. And there are not a lot of teams where that would be the case. No, not at all. Right. right. Like it's tough losing that stable, especially like you look through the lineup and you're like, all right, who's stepping up? And you look and like Brandon Montour is taking a big step. Mackenzie Weger is taking a big step to fill the role. Like it's been fantastic to look at. Yeah. Like you look at the defense and it's a lot of guys where it's like, they're really just good skaters. Like, honestly, like that, that is the, the main calling card. Like Gustav Forslund's had a hell of a year. Mm-hmm. And a guy who kind of just came out of nowhere. They got him off waivers, like free. Oh, he's fantastic. Which know. is just a great price. Yeah, he's fantastic. I pick him up in fantasy all the time because he just rips. Oh, love to see his point contribution coming in. Three points in his last two games. Is yeah, he like, in the Nor- Is he in the Norris conversation? Absolutely. Well, I don't know if you saw, and you probably didn't because, like, why would you? But – they had a press conference. We talked about last week. They had a press conference with Barkov and they asked him about, you know, the strong play of Gustav Forsling. And he said, around here, we call him Bobby Orsling. That is perfect. Which is just, 
so fitting because they're basically the same player. They are, yeah, essentially. Same offensive capabilities. Yeah, same. I think Gustav's maybe a little more sound in his own zone. Yeah, <laughs> if you're going to compare it. Bobby Orr leads the leads in, in uh, highlight goals per 60, so. Well, yeah, and, like, but here's the thing, though, is, like, you know how sometimes, and I, I, I know you've, you've seen this, like, sometimes Leafs fans will like to pick and choose, like, stats. They'll be like, oh, if you take out these 10 games of Austin Matthews, he's a point per game. <laughs> right? And if you just look at the last three games of Gustav, or the last two games of Gustav Forsling's career, it's a better point per game average than Bobby Orr's career. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, like, I, I don't know if there's much else that you can really ask for out of a defenseman, right? Like, guy guy has been averaging over 20 minutes in the last two games. Like, that's Norris candidate, I would say. Yeah. It's, is it, do you think it's more impressive than anything Bobby Orr has ever done in his career? Yeah, probably. He's on pace for, like, one and a half points per game. Yeah, one and a half points per game. What is that, like, 90 points in, the, in a 56-game season? Yeah, unreal. Yeah, that's best defenseman in the league. If yeah. you just look at that small sample size and project it outwards over the course of a, a longer period, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, like you look at what Matthews has done, and if you take out ten full games of so like twenty percent of the season this year, roughly, if you take out twenty percent of the season, he is better than Wayne Gretzky ever, like all the time. Yeah, like just what what a ridiculous article. Like like what a ridiculous concept. Let's just take out part of the season and only focus on this part man like that like i i swear like i first of all the ratio is hilarious it was like 60 likes and like 600 comments and like another like hundreds of quote tweets like just fantastic you'll have to see it but man like it i don't know if like there's any sort of like validation like people like i don't think anyone agreed with that like some people were like Oh, like Matthew's been fantastic though. It's like that's like the point of the article is that he's fantastic. It's like, well, we know no, that. Like, yeah, it's like th- that's not new. Like, obviously, Austin Matthews is a great hockey player. Yeah, but like trying no to say that his like season this year is like somehow more impressive than Gretzky's ninety-three goal season, it, and like is ridiculous. <laughs> it's like, yeah, like no. it's just it's just not true. And it's like a bad argument for it. Like if you like were to make a normal argument. Like it, it wouldn't work, but like this has like absolutely no backing. It's like I, I'm literally cherry picking stats. And yeah. they were trying to argue how McDavid, like Matthews, deserves the heart over McDavid at this point. No, no shot. Um, even though isn't McDavid like mad close to it? I, I didn't see McDavid has absolutely rinsed him in points this year. But he said goals are more. Austin Matthews has four more goals than McDavid, uh, and those are apparently more valuable than. McDavid's 20 more assists than Matthews. Well, that, that's what, like, I remember, because uh, earlier in the year when it was maybe a little bit closer in that, because right now McDavid's running away with it, right? Like, yeah. In my mind, like, he should be unanimously the Hart Trophy winner. At oh, this easily, point. yeah. Right, when he's 20 points clear of the next guy, and the next guy's his teammate, who is mm-hmm. then, ten, like, 10 points clear of someone. Like, it's ridiculous what he's doing. Uh. But when it was closer in the year, I remember I was, I forget what it was. It was I think it was Elliot Friedman. He was saying, you know, it, it comes down to does the gap McDavid have over Matthews and points? Is it more than the gap Matthews has over McDavid and goals? Mm-hmm. And it's not even close right now. Yeah. And yeah, so Matthews has 63 points in 48 games. 39 of those are goals. That's crazy impressive. Don't get me wrong. Crazy impressive. McDavid has 93 points, so 30 more points than him in 51 games. So in three more games, he has 30 more points. And like, yeah, thir- and it's still 31 goals. Like he's got eight less goals, but almost 40 more assists, 38 more assists. Like it's incredible. ridiculous. And then the argument was it was like, oh, but like McDavid produced like half of his, or like McDavid produced like a ton of his offense against Ottawa. So like, did Matthews. Well, yeah, Matthews like, literally had more points against Ottawa than McDavid did. Like, you cannot make – you can't cherry-pick these stats everywhere across. Like, yeah, no, I I, yeah, that's a joke. That was a complete joke. You know what I also find interesting is that a lot of people 
like they they make the argument like oh he's playing against the north it's a weak division right like look at ottawa Mm -hmm. and it's like like i've seen a lot of that argument of like they're just like abusing the senators basically and in a normal year they would not be even close to what they're doing right now and i've seen a lot of that and it's like a lot of divisions have teams that are worse than ottawa like projected to be worse oh yeah and Ottawa like, had a really, really bad like first 14 games of the season. But since then, they are a mid-table team. They have been 500. They are not getting blown out by anyone. It is like even games, normal hockey. They're just like another team. They're not you can make like a very reasonable case that like if again, I'm cherry picking stats. But like, <laughs> after ripping it, on cherry. No, but like after stats. like no, but like once once the roster actually turned over, like what because at the beginning of the year they had like all their old guys that they were trying to flip for trade for pieces at the deadline. Once mm-hmm. the roster actually flipped to like what they should have, like that's a team that's like at the same level as like the Flames, the the Canucks, like the not like not like the highest bar, to be honest, but like it's still yeah, like they're, they're, but that's like they're better yeah, than people are giving them credit for. Oh yeah, like this is not a bottom feeder team. This is not a team where like you go in and you beat them by five and everyone gets like massive point totals. Like this is just like a, it's another team, and like yeah. it's just an, another team in the NHL that people can play. So yeah. I don't think the argument is like incredibly fair. Oh yeah, here it is. I, I've got it here. Um, the case for Matthews for Hart, number one, goals over assists. No. But isn't the point of the heart is like most valuable player? Yes. Right. So like that, that really would be matter. the definition. So isn't like does it really matter if you're like scoring or assisting? Like you're still contributing to goals, right? Like I think like <laughs> maybe if like the argument was if you took away McDavid's like secondary assists. Sure. I'm burdened, I'm yeah. sure he would still have more yeah. assists than than Matthews. Um objectively better at defense. McDavid's been a lot better defensively this year. I don't ob- objectively better at defense is one of the main points this guy is making for the Hart Trophy, and that's I, just like a vague like art like that's nothing. That's a really really vague. And, 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 <laughs> if, and if defense is your main factor, like congratulations, the Hart's going to Alexander Barkov. Like exactly, like, like if that's your argument. If all of a sudden, objectively better at defense. Okay, Chris Tierney's now in the in the Hart Trophy. Category. Yeah, like congratulations. <laughs> Yeah, uh, 63% goals for compared to McDavid's 59. So a 4% difference in the goals for is apparently enough. Uh, plus 21 at 505. Oh, plus minus is a thing, apparently. Plus, <laughs> plus minus uh, compared to McDavid's plus 16. So a five plus minus yeah. difference. Like, these are not blowouts. These are like close, close percentages that. Like yeah, it's very cherry picky. Uh, sixty percent except expected goals for compared to McDavid's fifty six percent. I mean, like okay, okay. Like, like here's the thing: like expected goals, is like something a lot of people use, and it's like, I don't know, like, it, it, like you expect to score this much, but you score this much. It's the, it's not who was, who had the potential to be the most valuable player. It's who was. Yeah, like so. It's I, not who is ex- your expected MVP. It's who was your MVP. Yeah. I, I understand, like the art. Like I get expected goals for like a good, like overarching, like advanced stat to kind of show, like okay, like this player is generating something. Like yeah, there, it has some value to it. But at oh the end yeah, of the day, no, there's, like there's a lot of value yeah. in it. At the but, end of the day, like hockey is a game with a certain amount of randomness to it. Like it's it's it actually has like a pretty significant amount of randomness to it that's like that's why it's like so tough to bet on yeah like it's the most competitive balanced league like professional league in the big four like in in north america like in basketball like you you always get like when the lakers are playing super anyone like it's they're always the favorites like it's so competitively balanced like and it's because of the route the randomness aspect of it like the amount of players cycling through like at the end of the day like a 60% expected goals for compared to a 56 expected goals for is not going to sway the ballot away from McDavid to Matthews. Like, no, I, don't, I genuinely don't care. McDavid put up way more points and contributed just way more to his team. Like, I don't care that Matthews was expected to score more than yeah. like, that doesn't mean anything. Oh, and yeah. the final argument is 35 goals in 36 games where he can shoot the puck. 
Yeah, which again, that's so. If Tim Stutzla would, if if you take out every single game that Tim Stutzla didn't score in, goal per game. Tim Stutz is a goal per game player. And like at that point, is, is it more impressive than Wayne Gretzky's entire career? Like, I think so. At that, <laughs> Yeah. If, yeah. If we're, if we're going to cherry pick stats, I think you're absolutely right. Like it is more impressive. McDavid's only like, I'm, what is it? He is. Wait, I can pull it up here. McDavid's seven points away from an hundred point season and he's got four games left. You think he does it? I, I would assume so. Seven points and four. Well, because here's the thing, because he had, I think, 22 points in seven games. And mm-hmm. one of them he was held pointless in. And then he had a uh, big night. He's had two pretty good nights against the Canucks where he's been basically in the last like 10 games, he's been like a point per period player. That is ridiculous when you think about it. Yeah. They, yeah. Um, I was looking for. The stat. Um, also, I think we're. I, I know we're uh, really just destroying the Leafs right now. But just to add a fuel to the flame here, I just like to point out that Connor Brown has the same amount of shorthanded goals over the past twenty-four games as the Maple Leafs do as a team on their power play. It's just a fun little stat that we have there. Yeah, no, I think for Leafs, he's probably the one that got away. Oh yeah, Connor Brown is just too good. You know. Uh, crazy how much better former Leafs do when they go somewhere else they um oh this is it yeah (laughs) um because uh one guy was like okay like if we're gonna cherry pick games for Matthews let's cherry pick games for McDavid and it's like okay like what's the most impressive stat we can come up with if we just write off 10 games this year and someone said it's like he had 11 pointless games this year if you take up if you take out all but one he has 87 points in 39 games. So that's a pace of 61 goals and 183 points at a plus 71 over an 82 game season. Yeah, that's not bad. If we're cherry picking stats, I like that one. <laughs> to cherry. Yeah. If we're going to do it, I still like that one. Yeah. Like it just, it's bad argument. Like it's just. But when you get like 600 plus comments, you know it's a bad argument. Yeah, you know you you, you might not have made the point you were trying to make at that, <laughs> at that stage. I don't know. He was fending for his life in the Twitter mentions, so like he had his work yeah. cut out for him. Well, it's, it's so weird because like it seems like there's such a beef between like Oilers and Leafs Twitter, and it's just kind of like why like <laughs> oh it's you're just the two two best teams you know like it's naturally gonna happen well not even i'd argue that the you know the, the best team is probably florida right well of course you know like, yeah i was like, talking yeah canadian teams you know okay, like it, it's all a contest to play florida yeah what's the draw for the playoff like who are the north projected to go up against? so i i haven't looked totally at the standings. we were gonna do i was gonna do an episode later with noah and maybe you if you were gonna hop on Oh, about, yeah. like breaking down the playoff matchups, but there's a couple that are still kind of in question because the North, it's uh, because Winnipeg has sucked basically the last like eight games. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were projected to play Edmonton, but if they fall below, then it'll be Edmonton, Montreal, Toronto, Winnipeg. Mm. Uh, but right now it's looking like, yeah, that one could go either way. And then for, for us, for the Panthers, uh, it's looking like Tampa. it's pretty, it's going to be Tampa. Um so I'm curious though, because I talked about Noah. But how, how do you think the, this? How do you think these two teams match up? Mm, I don't love it for Florida's sake. I don't. I, I mean, hey, you stay in the state. You know, it's nice to get the home crowd going, <laughs> going from both sides. Um, how, what's their record like throughout the year? Do you know off the top of your head? Uh, I don't know off the top of the head, but Tampa has won more. But the Panthers have won a couple. I'll you. look it up. Real quick. Oh, we play Tam play Tampa on Saturday. That should be a good one. That'll pretty much decide home ice or or get close to deciding home ice. Yeah, pretty much. So that's not bad. Um yeah, looking through. I don't know if I can find um exact. Yeah, I can't. I'm I'm just on the NHL.com website, so I don't think I can get the exact <clears throat> ones, but they uh <clears throat> let me see what we got. Yeah. Win, loss, win. 
Two and one there. Yeah. Two. Like they're losses, but I think they're close. You're, you're three and three so far this year against them. So the matchup's actually okay. Um, right. I don't, but here's yeah. the thing, though, because Tampa's going to get Kucherov and Stam close back. Mm-hmm. But Florida has Sam Bennett and playoff Bennett, as we know, is being. Florida sick. also has a very hot rookie goalie right now. Yeah, so we're because Noah and I've talked about this, and we're you know we talked a lot about the Panthers' goaltending as being like a question mark for the playoffs, but not really too much of a concern because they have you know Spencer Knight's been really good, Chris Drieger's been really good, and Bobrovsky has been like better than last year and pretty solid for the most part. So we weren't like concerned about it, but it was kind of like who's it going to be? And we you know thrown out the idea of Spencer Knight starting in the playoffs. Only because when he signed his ELC, he has the $1 million performance bonus in there if he wins the Con Smythe this year, which is an absurd bonus. Absurd bonus to put in there, and we're like, why would they do that? But then uh, a couple days ago, Joel Quenville asked if Spencer Knight would be the starting goaltender in the playoffs begin, and he said, basically, we'll see. We've got to sort things out, but... He's been appreciated as far as what he's contributed in a short amount of time. Do you think we see Spencer Knight in the playoffs? I mean, we got a couple games left this season. We'll see what he gets in terms of looks for those ones. As of now, he's four and zero. So hard I to argue would, against that. Like obviously, yeah. like he's allowed a decent amount of goals in a couple of them. But hey, four and zero. You ride. You ride the guy, and like like from. From what I would think, like you ride him in there, you've got two very good backup options if he starts to fumble that you can line that you can rely on a little bit later. So like my thing is like, yeah, why not? Like screw it. Like go for it. Let him let him start. If he keeps going, then go for it. Like he keep up the momentum. And if he, he fumbles a little bit, you go to Bob next, probably. I go to the guy that I'm paying $10 million a year <clears> first. <throat> and then yeah. after that, you got Dranger. Mm-hmm. And then if all three fail, then all three fail. But like, there's nothing you can do at that point. If all three fail, like, I mean, Roberto Luongo's in the goaltending department. He's he's on the payroll still. He's on the payroll for, for recapture right now. But so. I like I don't see all three guys failing. It's just which guy do they go to first, basically, right? And then you kind of just stick with him until he gives you a reason not to. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's it's, it's you know there's you, you can make a case for all three guys. Like who's been the best goalie this year? It's been Drieger, right? Mm-hmm. Who has the most playoff experience? Bobrovsky, and who swept Tampa Bay? two years ago when he was in Columbus, Bobrovsky. And mm-hmm. then you have Spencer Knight, who is your all-time leader in win percentage of the franchise. <laughs> yes. He's so, also riding the hot hand. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're in the hot hand there. And, like, I've, I've been listening to a lot of his interviews and, and going over articles and stuff. And the the men – like, he's a great goalie, right? And no one I've watched him live, like really impressive goalie. His footwork's exceptional, good size, great athlete. Um, but the one thing that's always like highlighted is his mental approach to the game. Like he's very calm, very laid back, doesn't get nervous at all. You know, he's got a smile on his face when he's out there, right? He just seems like he's enjoying the moment, doesn't really phase him, right? At the end of the day, he said, like, I know I'm not only a hockey player, I'm a person. We lose, we lose. Like, I want to win, but if we don't, I'm not going to like hammer myself too much for it. So that mental component too, like in the playoffs, right. It can be tough on goalies. Right. So knowing that he's very strong mentally could be another case you can make for him that, you know, he'll be solid back there. You don't have to worry about that. Like at least it's not a strike against him because that can be Mm -hmm. the case with a lot of young goalies because it's, it's hard. And exactly many 20 year olds in the league. And that's, one of the big reasons. Yeah. I mean, you see the, you see this ups and downs he goes through and like, you've seen it in the major, the major tournaments, like the, or the U20s, like you'll, you look at him there and he'll have a tough game and then 
the questions start to be asked and then he comes back and he has a good one next time. Like, and I've never, I've never worried about his bounce back ability uh, compared yeah. to other goalies. The other thing, like with Bobrovsky too, like you look at him and you know that he is like, he's been streaky, but this is also the guy that has the biggest playoff resume, like you said, and the biggest like big game potential in my mind, like this guy is very much capable of backstopping like a 45 save performance. He's done it numerous times before. Like this guy has like big boom potential as well. And he has the experience that backs it up. So like, if you, if they go to him game one and say like, screw it, we're paying you $10 million a year. And like, <laughs> this is your moment. Like go, go backstop us in some playoff games. I wouldn't be mad about it. I think it's a decent move too. And then there's Drieger too, who's been really, really good and is a UFA this year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's it's no one I are very sad about it because yeah, because I doubt he sticks around, right? No, and then yeah, it's it's tricky, but he's been very, very good this year and good teammate. So that's gonna that's gonna be a tough loss, but yeah, like like I said, like he's probably been their best goalie this year. Like he's been better than Bobrovsky, and that's not to say Bobrovsky's been particularly bad. Drieger's just been excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, and Spencer Knight, you know, the sample size is small, but he's also been very, very good. Like, I don't think any guy's given you a reason to, like, definitively say they shouldn't be the starter. Like, I think every – all three of them have made a case that you could start them in the playoffs. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And so it's – which way you go, I, I don't know. I think if, if you were making the call, game one, Tampa Bay, who do you put in that? Assuming – we stay on the same course here with Knight. I'm going to go with Spencer Knight, game one, with Bobrovsky on the bench um, and Drieger watching. But if Knight fumbles, like it, I'd probably give him game one. If he fumbles bad, then it's it's playoffs, and it, this happens all the time. You he, he goes back down to the press box and then give Bobrovsky – like I, I give Bob the next the next look. You give him the starter look and then put Trigger behind him. Like if Knight's not, like to me, if Knight's not starting, Knight's not on the bench. Like Knight, he'd be in the press box. Yeah. The the thing for me is like, because the like I think Chris Trigger's been a little nicked up here lately, right? And mm-hmm. I'm not sure he's gonna. I'm not convinced that he would be a hundred, a hundred percent for the playoffs, right? Like I think mm-hmm. he he would play. Like I think he'd be able to play if you needed him to play. But because he's nicked up, like I think if he was healthy, he, he would be my pick, no question. Mm-hmm. But because he's not a hundred percent healthy, I don't know that I'd go with him. And I think, I think I'd go with Spencer Knight too, um, mm-hmm. just because you know T- Tampa Bay is a great team. They got a lot of firepower, and they're they're pretty good at generating chances off the rush. And I think that's one of the real strengths of of Spencer Knight. And they're really good at getting like secondary chances, right? Like. You know they'll get the shot, and then there's there's if the, if the rebound's there, someone's going to be there to, to try and cash in on it. And I, you know, as good as Bobrovsky's been, you know, sometimes the the recovery and the rebound control, um, it can be a little. I don't know what the word is, but it's not. I, I think Spencer Knight's better in that area right now, and so mm-hmm. I I think I'm going Spencer Knight. Like it's obviously a gamble with a young player. Yeah, <laughs> start him at 20 years old, like. I wouldn't want to do that. No way. Too nervous. But like, it's, and I, I, I think he can handle it. And I think coach Q has shown this year, like he's not afraid to play his young guys. Mm-hmm. Right. Like if, if, if you, if you can do, if you can get the job done, he's going to play you. I don't care. Right. Like mm-hmm. we've seen that with Haponiami, Denisenko, Tippett, you know, guys on the back end. If, if you can play, you'll play. Right. Basically. And so, do I, I expect it probably is Bobrovsky that goes in game one, but boy, would I yeah. love for it to be Spencer Knight. It'll be fun. Either way, it'll be fun. Yeah. Great guy. We'll, we'll wait and we'll, we'll wait. We'll have to wait and see really, but it's going to be fun. I can't wait for this battle of Florida uh, because I think, you know, this rival need rivalry needs a little juice here and nothing better than, than a playoff matchup to get things going. Um, last thing here, as per your appearance fee on the show, we've dedicated five minutes of Senator's talk. Uh, so I'll pull up the timer. We'll get that going for all our listeners. Uh, if you don't care at all about the senators and you probably don't, uh, you can shut the episode off. Now we're done for the day on Panthers talk. 
And the Senator's segment begins right now. So, Jacob, tell us about the team. Oh, it's such a good squad, you know? Like, we're just fantastic. I definitely don't have any bias towards this team. Um, no, let me let me say uh, shout-out to you guys for getting rid of Eric Goodbranson. I will say that. <laughs> um, that you liking him up there? Oh, boy, did I ever hate Eric Goodbranson on the team. He uh, Hey, he got the A. He got the the assistant captaincy right off the bat. And I was like, okay, this guy's probably great in the locker room. And I don't doubt that he, he's probably great in the locker room. You have to be. (laughs) If he's not great in the the locker room, what are you doing? Yeah. (laughs) But the problem is for me, like I'm also great in the locker room, but that doesn't mean that I get an assistant captain on NHL team. Like you got to have, I don't know. Like like, we've played like intramural hockey together. Like, yeah, you'd have a letter on there for sure. Yeah. Like I get a letter on an intramural hockey team. Cause that's like, somewhat my level (laughs) that's about right yeah like erica branson should definitely get an a in the ahl like that's that's definitely makes sense to me if you if you toss them in there um yeah but yeah i know that's a great guy i'm sure of it i'm sure he's a great guy but like at the end of the day this guy was just brutal for us and like yeah like like, i get like the intangibles are important but you gotta play too like you you gotta be able to skate you have to be able to turn and skate is the, is the big thing. Like you talk about how, how great the Panthers are, just guys that just, they sign guys that are good skaters. Yeah, like, pretty much. And then throw them in a system. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's it. easy to do and everyone can skate. It's great. And like Ottawa has now, now that we have players that are competent in our lineup, the system actually works well and we're able to press teams and we're able to actually play with some like actual intent but before it was like, well, if Eric Goodbrands is trying to lead the breakout, like this is not, not going to go well. We can have the best system in mind the entire time. But if Eric Goodbrands is flinging the pass 20 feet behind Tim Stutzler the entire time, like what do we expect is going to happen? Like, of course. And then he's too slow to turn around the other way. So like, I don't know. I don't know what, what we really expected with that one. We flipped him. We got a seventh round pick for him. So that's fantastic. That seventh rounder will be used to help our AHL team next year. Most likely we'll draft some overager and uh, it'll be fantastic. Of course. Of course. And That's pretty much all I got to say on the sense, to be honest. I, well, I enjoyed watching them the back half of the year. Yeah. I got to say, cause like, I don't really, you know, I've no, no dog in the fight, but I've, I, I like the senators a lot. They're very likable as a group. Right. So, you know, it's a like, fun team, you know, they're like, they that's a thing. I was the thing is like they're they're having fun. You got the young players that have some personality like Tammy and and Brady, right? Like it's it's an easy team to like root for because like you know they're not good and like Sens fans know they're not good and you don't really care that much as long as everyone's having fun. Literally, man. right? Like, like they they they're the type of team like they they deserve a participation trophy for this season, absolutely. Oh yeah, I, I'm expecting a nice nice participation trophy from Gary Batman to be handed out on our final game. Yeah, it's like they're playing like U8 soccer and you give them a little trophy or a medal and it's like you showed up. You know, you know, when like, you know, like a, your memories is like a U8. I talk with my dad about this, I played local league hockey my whole life, you know? So like, not a big deal. Lo- local league, like going, I'm like nine years old. I'm like, my, my old, uh, my old coach is a Calgary Flames fan. But oh, the Calgary did this thing, and before, like they like they staggered their like players when they went on the ice. So like each person got like a little burst, and then a second later, next person out on the ice. Like for the player, for like the when they first enter the ice for warmups, you know, like a little showcase thing. So he always made sure that we did that too. So we had a lot of fun with that. We weren't very good, but we had fun doing like the little intro stuff. It's like that's what sticks with you, right? So like for this Ottawa team, like yeah, we're pretty bad, but hey, they're having a good time. And those are the those are the memories that they're going to remember when we're hoisting the cup in 2027 on our 100th yeah, like, year anniversary of the Stanley Cup win. That is a that's what you're going to remember. It's like remember when we sucked when we had Eric Goodbranson on the back line. And yeah, it's gonna Yeah, be- like as long as you're having fun like when you're like a kid playing like soccer, hockey, like you don't really care so much about winning. It's just like, are you having fun out there? Here's a trophy. Oh, it's fantastic, um, you know. Okay, last thing here on the Sens, because, I, you know, um, what are your thoughts on two more former Panthers that are on the team? Josh Brown, now done for the season, and Evgeny Dadnov. Oh, How are you liking our boys up now, there? Now, okay, Josh Brown got a lot of, a lot of hate. But it wasn't as much because he was bad. It was more just because he was in the way of Jacob Bernard Docker playing. 
like DJ Smith just had a big thing for like playing Josh da- Josh Brown. He was actually pretty decent in a bottom two role, like played on the bottom line, played with Mete. He was okay, actually. I didn't mind having him. It was more just people just wanted Bernard Docker in there instead because it's like we want to play the young guys. So it was never like Josh Brown's fault. It was more just like I'd rather play someone that has like some long-term potential with the organization instead of a UFA that's going to go somewhere else. For yeah, yeah. Years. It's one of those things where it's like the player is getting blamed, but it's not yeah. their fault. And then yeah, he blocked a shot. He stayed in the entire third period with a broken foot. That's that's impressive. Like that's that's great. I'm yeah, that's a that's a great guy. And I'm gonna it sucks that he's out for the season. I'll wish him the best of luck because I know he's probably not back in a Sens uniform next year. But he's he definitely deserves an NHL contract somewhere. So that's yeah. great. Yeah, no, uh, that's tough playing on the broken foot. Yeah, Dad like Noah's been his... bitching about his for the last like three weeks. Oh yeah, no Noah broke his foot. Shout out, but um, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, he brings up every episode. Oh yeah, but um, Dadnov has been uh overall kind of disappointing, but like you can see like the bits and pieces that are good. He fit really well in Florida. He's also going to a worse team. We do need to remember that. Like, and we've kind of played him like wherever throughout this lineup. Like he's been everywhere from lines one to three the entire year. So like. He's got potential. He does. He does good stuff. Our power play sucked with him on it, which is weird because he was like big on the power play for Florida last yeah. year, and then we moved him off the first unit, and then our first unit's just been buzzing ever since. So, uh, I really hope that he finds his way because we paid a lot of money for him to be here, and we have a lot of big ELCs coming up that we need to find money for. So, uh, I hope he picks it up, and if he doesn't, then crap. <laughs> I, guess yeah. I mean it's like he's not like super old either like there's still lots of time for him to, to figure mm-hmm. it out and i think it was always just going to be a challenge for him to live up to that contract mm-hmm. right like i think it's a signing where you know a lot of people you know you look at his underlying numbers and what he did on the power play and you're like all right like this, it's not a bad signing right especially for like a young team like ottawa and it's probably mm-hmm. one of the better veteran players you brought in yeah you know like he was the best veteran player that we brought in the exception of maybe matt murray that's it that's the bar that's the bar it's matt murray or evgeny yeah the bar is on the floor and somehow a lot of (laughs) players didn't clear it yeah it's it's, it did not clear (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah i hope i hope for you guys and you know he picks it up because you know he was one of the you know we loved watching him last you know a couple years here in florida so hopefully he picks it up does really well for you. And hopefully, you know, one day, you know, we see you and your senators in a conference final here or something. Oh, we will now. We will. Don't worry. Coming soon. Yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll wait and see. Uh, but yeah, man, thanks for coming on, on, on the episode today. Uh, really appreciate it. Noah just bailed as per usual. And like, usually when he bails, like, I have to do this myself, and those episodes suck. Cause it's just like me trying to debate myself, and I sound like a crazy person, like, even more so than usual. <laughs> Yeah, no, now that we live in the same house, I can always just hop on, you know. We'll always have a filler for Noah. Yeah, we'll always have a seat filler. And, uh, you know, apologies, we ran out of time for Jared Shea again today, but we'll hopefully get him on sometime soon. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, thank you to everyone tuning in listening. Uh, appreciate uh, all, all the support. And uh, we are going to be back on Monday with a brand-new episode. Uh, so hopefully we will see you all then. Uh, and, yeah, hope everyone has a great rest of their week. Step on.